We now begin the 16th chapter of Shabbos. As I said in the previous Mishnah, from here on out, we're basically discussing various Dine Durabun, rabbinic enactments to protect Shabbos. And here in the 16th parak, we'll focus primarily on the rules governing saving articles that are in a burning home. So normally one could say various things based on the usual rules of Shabbos. But the rabbis were concerned that if a house were on fire and a person is panicking to save everything, he may, without thinking, come to extinguish the fire. Now, extinguishing a fire is the malach of mechabe, extinguishing, which, of course, is forbidden. According to Rabbi Shimon, it's a malach of gufa. You don't actually want it to make something by extinguishing it. So it's, we're talking about a durabanan, according to Yehuda Vyadur Raisa, because he holds that a malach of you'll recall, since you're extinguishing on purpose, intentionally, and it's forbidden, that alone makes it um, a Doraisa level. doesn't matter that you don't want the fire out, per se, for its own constructive purposes. Whatever the case is, the Mishnah now is teaching that the rabbis put certain restrictions on what one may save from the burning building. And in so doing, that will make sure that a person's mindful of the fact that he cannot extinguish the fire, so the mission will begin by saying kol kisve kodesh, all uh, various scrolls that are kodesh, meaning Tanakh scrolls, that includes Torah, Nevi'im, and Kesuvim. The kol comes to add the Nevi'im and Kesuvim. Matzil and you're allowed to remove them from the building that's now caught on fire on Shabbos. You're going to see later on that many other things are restricted, but there's no restriction on saving these kisve kodesh. One can take them out, and in fact, one can take them out even into a chatzer, uh, the courtyard in front of the building, that doesn't have an air of chatzeros. Usually the rule is that if you want to transfer from a private domain to a, no, a domain that's not owned privately by the same person who owns the original source domain, so then an air of chatzeros is required. That is, you have to get some bread that will be used as like some sort of communal bread that will connect the different domains. That's true, Madurabanan, but we're waiving that here because of we want to protect the Kisve Kodesh. That's true, says the Mishnah. That's true whether these are scrolls of Tanakh that are read from, or if they're ones that are not read from. Meaning, of course, the Torah one reads from on a weekly basis. As for the Navi, the Nevi'im people do read from them all throughout the course of the year with the Haftorah. But the Ksuvim, so those aren't read by the community in any formal time. And as we'll see in the Mishnah shortly, there is a restriction, a rabbinic restriction in the time of the Mishnah, of reading from Ksuvim, those uh, those books of Nach, on Shabbos morning when there's the formal shear being given. And we'll see that more in a minute. So the point is people may never read this because there's actually restriction on reading them during at least part of Shabbos. Nevertheless, one could save these scrolls of Tanakh um, from the fire. Now that only applies if... We're talking about scrolls that are written in good old-fashioned Hebrew, like a regular, meaning that then the script that you and I know, when you see, look inside a Torah scroll, that's the kind of scroll we're talking about. But as the Mishnah is going to say, implicitly, but the words aren't even there, as, uh, let's say you have like a living Torah, Arya Kaplan's living Torah, which has, let's say, just the translation in English with no Hebrew words. So such a book would not be eligible to transfer away from the fire into a 
chatzera, that's an area of chatzeros. And therefore the Mishnah says, v'afal pi sheksuvim b'chol lashon, as for those kinds of books or scrolls that might be written in any other language, meaning a language other than Hebrew, te'unin geniza. They, while they cannot be saved from the fire, they must still be um, nignas, they must still be concealed, meaning modern day we buried them, but in the time of the Mishnah they would sort of set them aside in like a geniza room, especially um, dedicated to protect these things from disrespect. So the point is, nothing to do with fire here. In general, you have to protect all translations of Tanakh from being disrespected and put them in Geniza. Now, the mission says, How come you wouldn't be allowed to read or people wouldn't be reading from the Ksuvim? The answer is, Because we're concerned about um, the neglect of the proper studies in the Beis HaMedrash. This is talking about something very specific. In the time of the Mishnah, there was um, the primary time that people learned was on Shabbos morning, um, before they went home for lunch, there would be a shear given, and the, they'd be taught the basic halachas, and people would learn, you know, misr and his musr, hisorus, and so on. So this was very important, and Chazal were concerned that if people were busy um, reading from ksuvim, they'd be distracted from paying attention to the shear, which is their central learning of the week, and therefore they'd miss out on all important things. And therefore the rabbi said on Shabbos morning, prior to when the shear is going on, prior to going home and having lunch and coming back if you if you want to, um, you may not learn ksuvim. You'll remember from Masechus Yoma, we haven't gone there yet in our Seder here, but you'll recall from other times perhaps, that if the Kohen Gadol was going to fall asleep, what was the tactic to keep him awake on the night before Yom, Yom Kippur day? It was to read him from the various books of ksuvim, Daniel, Ezra, etc. So those are looked at as the most like, engaging and fascinating of the books of Tanakh, um, and indeed they are very engaging, and the concern was that it'd be so engaging that people would come to not pay attention and go to the central shear about basic halacha and musar and hashkafa, that it was even more important in the eyes of the rabbis, and therefore they forbade people from learning ksuvim on Shabbos morning when that was going on. Mishnah says further, matzilin tik hasefer im hasefer, if you have your sefer, meaning your Torah scroll, let's say, inside like a larger mantle or something, a container, so you could save the whole container with the Torah in it. You don't have to sort of remove the Torah from its bag, whatever the case may be. Same goes with v'tik ha-tefillin im ha-tefillin. Same goes with, with tefillin. Remember, tefillin, of course, have the the inside the cloth written on the parchment. You have various verses, so they, of course, need to be saved from the fire. They're also the Rosh Kedusha. And we're saying here that aside from saving the tefillin themselves, if the tefillin are inside some sort of case, bag, etc., you could save the whole bag or case with the tefillin inside of it. Um, you don't have to stop to take the tefillin out of the bag, etc. Because you see, again, remember that we're restricting what you can take out of the the burning building. But we're not going to force you to start unwrapping the Sefer Torah or, you know, extricating out the tefillin, lest that, of course, waste time when there's a fire going on. So we're saying, no problem. That's even true if you have money inside of, let's say, the tefillin bag. So let's say you've got, you know, your stack $100 bills in the tefillin bag. Even then, you could transfer the whole bag to the chatzer outside, even if it's not with an air of chatzeros. You might think there's a mukta problem. No, there's no mukta problem. Um, in this case, you might think there's an issue of, you know, you're, you're essentially taking the money to where it's not allowed to be, meaning there's no air of chatzeros. Meant abundance for bins take it to the chatzer. Now we're letting that happen. You might think it looks bad because we had restricted what you can save for yourself. As you'll see as the parak continues on. Nevertheless, we're letting you do it. All this 
just for the sake of saving the tefillin or the Sefer Torah. Now, where may one take these Sefer Torah and tefillin, etc., meaning um, how much of a abrogation of the Torabanans of Hotza, how far does it go? So we said it goes for sure to include a, a chatzer, a courtyard that doesn't have an air of chatzeros. Um, but more than that here, the mission says, You can even take it out to a mavui that is an alley, um, that isn't a, like a thoroughfare, a throughway alley. What's going on over here is in the time of the Mishnah, I think it's familiar to people, their houses were built around the chatzer, a courtyard, and different courtyards opened up into an alley, and then the alleys all led to a main street, a boulevard, the Rosh Hashanah. So the alleys are restricted. They need to have their own Erevin and also um, something that demarks the fact that people could see that this is just a Mavui, an alley, and not a proper Rosh That requires, first of all, that it's closed off on three sides, um, for starters. On the fourth side, which opens up to the Shusharam, so that now makes this a restricted place to carry, unless you put up um, some demarcation on the far side that opens into the Shusharam. So this sheet of the Tana here holds that you need to have what's called a lehi, which is like a, a post on either side, meaning on both sides of the Mavui, the alleyway that opens to the Shusharam. By the Shusharam, you have to have a, a, like a lehi, this post on either side, on both sides, to... Um, to indicate to people that this is, you know, not a, this is, to remind them, this is not actually Rosh Hashanah, technically Midoraisa, it's Rosh Hashanah, and we're marking it off as such. So here, we're being lenient in this sheet that holds, even if you just put the Lechi on one side, this is not shown in the words of the Mishnah, but the Peshat of the Mishnah is, even if you have Lechi just on one side, yes, you can carry, says this Tana, <clears throat> into the Mavui, um, since really Midoraisa, it's Rosh Hashanah, and there is at least one Lechi there, that's sufficient, um, but you can't have it, it's animal fulash, not totally open, meaning there is at least some lechi demarking the fact that this is not part of the Rosh Hashanah. Ben Becerra is more lenient yet, and he says, af fulash, even if you have a, an alleyway that's open, meaning it's open to the fourth side, meaning there's no lechi whatsoever, since it's closed on the other three sides, and really midaraisa, it's Rosh Hashanah, um, and therefore letting you transfer your Sefer Torah from the burning building into the Mavui, even if there's no Lechi whatsoever, says Ben Becerra, the Allah does not follow him. So one could save the, save the Sefer Torah into the Mavui that has at least one Lechi, says Tanakhama, that would be the Din, and certainly to a a Erev um, that doesn't have an Erev Chatzeros, you could do that also. But meaning, you may not break Shabbos to save a Sefer Torah. So if the exit from the burning building is which is Rishus Yachid, the exit opens up into a proper Rishus Harab Midoraisa. You would not be allowed to transfer from the Rishus Yachid to Rishus Harab. That's, of course, a, an Isra Doraisa of Hotza. You're not allowed to do that even to save a Sefer Torah, only permitted to do that in case of saving a life. Um, and therefore, you just have to let the building burn down, God forbid. So the point of permission is, while the Doraisas, of course, are not abrogated, we're being lenient to some degree with the Durabanans of Hotza into rabbinically restricted areas, meaning not a problem with the Chatzer, and the Mokhluk is here about the Mavli.